Hi there, it's Shane Stacks of the Shane Plays Geek Talk podcast, and you're listening to Save for Half. Not only does Save for Half have more boss per minute than any other RPG podcast on the market, but it's also fortified with essential vitamins and iron as an important part of your nutritious breakfast. Now that you've cast out the evil sorcerer and taken his treasures and searched his colon for gems, it's time for you to kick back and listen to the Save for Half Sideshow. The Save for Half Sideshow, where it's all fun and games until somebody takes a four-sider to the eye. Welcome to the last Sideshow of 2022. Yes, 45 and a half. It's your intrepid halflings, DM Mike, DM Jim, DM Corbett, DM Liz. And we're here to do our end-of-year retrospective. Expect an hour of clips from a dozen earlier episodes so we don't have to do anything. <laughs> and an action montage. Yeah! <laughs> and a perplexing mystery that will be resolved at the end. Nah, not really. And it's all just George Decay in a rubber mask. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> all right wow another year 2022 wasn't as bad as 2020 but still not the best year i've had i don't know about the rest mm. of you guys i mean i had my ups and downs i should say there were some good things uh yeah don't everybody talk over me at once uh, the crickets had a good I'm, 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 I'm trying to think i mean well i enjoyed being on shane plays with george mcdonald the co-creator of oh. champions that was fun oh my god i didn't know about that that's a, that is cool you didn't know I'm so shocked you did something cool. Listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> really? You were cool? Honestly? I don't believe it. <laughs> and all four of us were on red caps with Kevin, so that was fun. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much what I did. We so I'm done. We started the year covering Game Wizards with John Peterson, friend of the show. Oh, those are the best episodes when he comes on. Yeah. It was fun. Jim discovered a game he hates more than Timeship. That not nothing. <laughs> that's surprising. <laughs> I had a good year, man. Now it's a good year. It started with, okay, I'm going to be a year late on my Kickstarter fulfillment. Now I'm like half fulfilled and in January I'll be done full fulfilled. But, you know, I screwed up my game company. It took an entire year to turn the ship back around and now the ship's turned back around and I'm happy. Yay. Mud yeah, we got our scientific barbarian, Sidebar, number four. And it is definitely giant size and cool. It is. Yeah, don't tell anybody, but I'm working on Mega Heroes again. I think I cracked my game engine, so somewhere down the line. Sweet, (laughs) sweet, sweet. Controller Games is rumbling about putting out a revised edition of Victorious, but that'll be for next year, so that's coming down the pike. 
That's kind of cool, too. What's yeah. going to be new and shiny in the second edition? A little more options. I'm going to steal a couple of things from 5th edition. Probably going to cool. because oh. they've stolen things from um, Castles and Crusades, Crusades so, so that's why not? Fair. <laughs> <laughs> Probably going to lean more into the classes this time around, though I am going to keep an option for build your owns if you've just got that itch. I've got a listener email. I'm a listener to this podcast, too, even though I'm here when we record it. Dear Mike, what's it like to be in charge of your own IP? um good and bad things (laughs) it can be tough when having to deal with a game company that is going to emphasize their own ips as they should so it's a little harder to get stuff out but you know you do what we can with what we got well i mean jiminy christmas you couldn't i don't know how to say this i mean if you if you had to to pick a publisher to be with you picked one of the smartest cats in the whole industry because i've been watching this past year and troll lords is rocking the house yeah troll lords is doing really well they're teaming up with frog god games Mm. frog god's gonna be putting out their stuff for castles and crusades now so that's pretty sweet yeah you know bill webb just didn't wake up one morning and feel like it that was a business decision so that's something right there yeah and You know, for those who like or don't like Castles and Crusades, you know, one thing I'll say with them, 99% of their game has remained unchanged for the past almost 20 years, Mm, 17 years. Yeah. Wow. 2005. As opposed to a certain popular fantasy role-playing game (laughs) that's got everybody up in arms now again. (laughs) Uh, Is that over the race species thing? I, I don't really pay close enough attention yeah, to keep track. I, I know from a business game industry point of view that this idea that's popular online right now, that them not doing a, a, an OGL for 6th edition and blaming the third-party publishers is nothing but good for the third-party publishers. We're all going to rock out hard from that. But, Jim, it's not going to be 6th edition. It's going to be 1D&D. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably so. Just like Fit was D&D next until it wasn't. Yeah. I mean, I have my own opinions, but Windows is a fine operating system for those who choose to use it. (laughs) (laughs) No, see, see, Jim, this is new D&D, not like classic (laughs) (laughs) D&D. We all know new things are better. Like Coke. It's like New Coke. (laughs) New Coke was... The decades have proven its clear superiority to the original formula. Clearly. (laughs) New D&D. Taste the difference. <laughs> okay, we're going to generate new emails now for next year's. Hey, whatever we got to do. Let me be very clear. If they do whatever and it sells a bazillion copies and brings in millions and millions of new young gamers to the industry and the hobby, I'm 100% for it. Me but too. If you come to me with a book that says, okay, here's a magic item that's a teddy bear that you can just squeeze to get your hit points back, I'm going to have a reaction because that's not my preferred play style. Yeah. yeah, though I would say for with those kind of magic items, it's very easy to just say they don't exist in my game. Yeah, And that's what so many people always seem to get confused of. It's your game. Do it whatever you want. This mm-hmm. This thing bothers you? This thing upsets you? Change it. Who cares? Well, you must encounter the same thing I do, which is you'll get questions on like your game's Facebook group page or some little tiny algebraic dissection of a rule and which way should I run it. And I always get caught because I have to answer two ways. I have to answer, well, rules is written or the intention was, and then I don't even do that. (laughs) Here's how I do it. Especially on the old Trollord forums, it was almost a running joke that whenever anyone would ask me a game rule question... I would start it by saying, it's your game, you can do it however you want. But what I meant by that rule was this. 
and yeah, half the time I would go, and I don't do that anymore. I do it this way. Mm. You sound like me with a recipe. I'll start off with one, and it basically works, but then I come up with another idea, and I change a few things, I adjust a few things, and like a couple years later, I look back at the recipe, and like, what the heck was I thinking? Yeah, it was (laughs) when I was in the SCA and helping to build, you know, armor pieces. One of the worst ways, parts of armor to build were the elbow and knee cops, because you had to articulate them. Mm -hmm. And every armor I ever talked to, it's like, well, exactly, how do you make it? Well, you make the centerpiece, then you make the the flanges on the side, and then you fiddle with it till it works. (laughs) But Mike, did you use an even or odd number of rivets? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> it clearly states in the <laughs> Anyway. That's a good warm up for the emails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Good show everybody. See you next year. Oh, wait. No, no, we got questions. We have questions people <laughs> have sent us. Thanks in advance to everybody who sent us questions, including an inspiring voice actor. Yep. Who we will cover first. Okay. John Williams, everybody. Not that one. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't he do the music for... Anyway. The hostesses wants questions. The hostesses wants questions. But we doesn't have any questions. No, we doesn't have any questions. But the nasty hostesses, they want questions. What does they have in their pockets is... What do you have in your pockets? Corbett, you're first. What do you have in your pockets? Is what do I have in my pockets? Is I have absolutely nothing in my pockets. Is <gasps> I've been out snow shoveling and I don't like stuff jabbing me. <laughs> uh, so you didn't get any snow in your pockets? Is uh, well, I guess technically I did because my legs are kind of wet. So All right, maybe. then you got snow in your pockets. <laughs> Oh, he had snow had in his pocket. <laughs> Scientifically speaking, it's changed. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you have H2O in some form in your pockets. Is. Liz? I have a sugar-free Ricola. Pop drop. Jim? I would have to be wearing pants, first of all, but no. <laughs> no. I didn't say you would have to be wearing them. You could have them in your pockets, is you just don't have them on. But no, no, I have on sweats, and there's a tissue, a flash drive, and a D20. I didn't know I had. I discovered a couple of days ago that I'm carrying around in my pocket to remind me to clean somebody's testers paint off a 1982 die. Sometime today, you can see yeah. how successful I was at that. I still haven't done it. <laughs> you sound like you're ready for time ship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there's not a bag of polyhedrals in your work backpack, I, it's not my fault. I've got them. <laughs> In my pockets, I have a stick of sugar-free gum. I have my evening pain medication pills and mm. a bottle cap that somebody knocked off the counter and I found somebody. on the floor. <laughs> somebody and furry. An unknown somebody? Well, it wasn't messy because we know she's too old to jump up on the counter. So mm-hmm. that narrows it considerably. I'm going to blame Boomer. I think that's a good bet. Because she's our thief acrobat, so her freakish little finger toes. You guys have a lot of sugar-free stuff. You should try the sugar stuff. It's actually pretty good. Mm. Uh, I don't know, man. Oh, I no longer have the cough drop in my pocket. It's now in my mouth. (laughs) Yes, well, see, we used to like sugared stuff till somebody sent us a five-pound bag of Swedish fish. Now we can't taste sugar anymore. (laughs) 
we both have diabetes. Oh dear. Damn you. So you're saying you need to emphasize on the sugar. <laughs> I can't handle it anymore, I so I save it up and once a month I have like a bowl of Captain Crunch and get it all out of my system at once. Well, there you go. Then after the top of your mouth feels like a belt sander was taken to it, you're okay for a year. <laughs> now for me, it's Cocoa Puffs. Excuse Gotta me, be... do they have sugar-free Captain Crunch? <laughs> I seriously doubt it, but who knows? Sugar-free Cocoa Pebbles? Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm just imagining now. That could feel like a legitimate business discussion in a boardroom at Quaker Oats. Okay, here's the pitch. Diet Captain Crunch. <laughs> Cocoa People can eat twice as much of it. We'll sell twice as many boxes. No, we could charge the same amount, and it's half the size. And this is why I can't work at a corporation. I'd be the guy holding his hand up called, uh, that's an ear of corn. <laughs> Cocoa Pebbles Light. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Second set of questions. Also from John Williams. Why, why am I Now I'll start with this. Mm. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, should I so, not yank the needle? <laughs> yeah. We have listeners who don't know what that sound effect was. <laughs> yeah, they're that young. You see, back in the ancient days of Sumeria, they had things called phonographs. And... <laughs> Just like anyway. a clay tablet, only round. Only round, yeah. <laughs> hey, did the Flintstones do? Anyway. <laughs> okay, Liz. Um, okay. <laughs> the first three questions. Why am, I, why am I here? Why am I cursed? Wait, what was it? Why am why I cursed? Am, why am, why I, am cursed? I cursed? Why is John Williams cursed? Yes. Well, or the ghost, why am anyway. I personally co- cursed? No, I think we all know why you're cursed. So, uh, why is the ghost okay. cursed? I presume that's how mm. I'm going to treat it. Okay. Wait, why is Liz cursed? Well, she's married to me for starters. Well, I'm not sure. Nope, that, that dead silence there. It's like, we can neither agree nor we... disagree. Because <laughs> my brain locked up and spinning with a little beach ball and whether I could get away with saying, well, you put a ring on it. <laughs> Strictly speaking, she she uh, she proposed first. I just got mine in first. That's all. Hers was on a cassette tape, whereas I actually proposed to her directly before I had a chance to listen to the tape. It's true. So you have no proof, and she has legitimate evidence. I still have that cassette somewhere with Paul Abdul's <laughs> Will You Marry Me Boy. So, yeah. I have, she, she has legitimate evidence, and you say allegedly. Allegedly. Mike's <laughs> just bouncing down the hotel hallway one day like the green ghost and Ghostbusters, and then somebody stepped on the trap. <laughs> okay. The ghost is cursed because... When they were alive, they went up against the wishes of the creepy old crow. They defied the crow, and they paid for it for eternity. Ooh. Creepy. I came here because a big clown hit me. Free art! You stole mine! 
<laughs> what will set the ghost free? The truth will set mm. you free. Ooh. And a cat. And a cat. All right, Jim. What were the questions again? <laughs> Why, Why am I first? Why did you come here? What will set me free? Am I role-playing myself as the ghost, or am I adjudicating this at a game? He didn't specify, so I'm leaving it up to you, really. He's cursed because he's a paladin who didn't understand why he lost his paladin powers after directly after throttling a halfling for information. That halfling had it coming. That's right. <laughs> and he can be set freed by a 10,000 gold piece donation to the local halfling thieves guild. The Locksmith and Carpenter's Guild. <laughs> and why did you come here then? Oh, why did I come why there? Did, yeah. Oh, because the convention invited me to come run some games and I had a couple of cowboys at the table. That's why. All right. <laughs> and you had to adjudicate the circumstances. So there you go. All right. Corbett? I mean, come on. There's four of us here with decades of experience. Have any of us ever seen a live human being correctly play a paladin? Yes. Ever. Yes. <laughs> As opposed to a dead one. I actually have. <laughs> I have a guy I used to know back in Longview. That's Robert Moore. Yeah. Well, he, he, he was kind of a paladin-y Dr. Doom type, but he was a paladin. And he followed everything very rigorously. I apologize. Mm. I got us off track, Corbett. <laughs> <laughs> mm, okay. But I will admit it was only one. So, you know. It's the sideshow. It's all right. <laughs> Nobody it's cares. All about Nobody's listening. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so why 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 is he cursed? Why is he why cursed? Why is he cursed? Probably because of a group decision. So that's a given. Communism. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just kick in the door. When when the when the group decision makes it happen, you you instantly suffer the consequences. We all know that. Go get her, Ray. <laughs> why did you come here? For the candy. For the candy. <laughs> Everybody. What will set the not sugar-free candy because the real candy <laughs> none of that none of that fake candy that fake you guys candy. have <laughs> and what will set him free what will set him free i'm gonna go with liz on this the truth sets you free yeah baby cheater yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay why is he cursed he was cursed as a ghost for all eternity because he came up with these questions that we had to def actually use brain power to try to solve. <laughs> On you a use Sunday. brain power? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Why did I come here? Well, since somebody stole my Tick animated series reference. Well, that's what you get for making me go first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why did I come here? Because somebody has to ride herd on these guys. <laughs> it's not an easy job. So maybe the question should have been, why are you cursed? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, got a point there. It all started 10 years ago with an email from Vince, Vincent Florio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I found this strange glowing email. <laughs> <laughs> what will set him free? The game Time Ship, which you should buy a copy of and play as much as possible. <laughs> with the candles. Gotcha. With the candles and the and the gates and the incantations. You gotta do that too. I but, hate oh, to be such a dice I, whore, but that's good advice, because if you get a box that, that still has a dice in it, you just got two game science D20s from the eighties. Yeah. Zero to nine, baby, twice. Twice. <laughs> with little pluses. Alright. Well, 
then I guess now we're just going to handle regular emails. So, Liz? Hey everyone, this is Tim from Tomorrow's End Podcast. If you're interested in post-apocalyptic moral project, then Tomorrow's End Podcast is for you. You can hear us at tomorrowsend.org, or you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, and more. We'd like to take this opportunity to give a long overdue shout out to two of our newest patrons, Robert Phillips and G. Juliuson. Thanks for waiting so long, guys. We appreciate the heck out of you. I read all the emails on the face of the earth. No emails were harmed in the making of this podcast. Alrighty. I will say I'm normally not recovering from whatever horrible viral contagion is going around right now. And Bad case of Mississippi? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people at my workplace have had something very similar to what I suffered from over Thanksgiving week and have been out sick and stuff. Okay. Hmm. It's like so, you could just shout three random letters now and say, that's what you got. I got HST. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm kind of on board with the Mississippi thing. You should get a mustard plaster for that. I had Mississippi last week, but I got a shot and I'm feeling better. Feeling better. <laughs> well, technically, I'm feeling say a better shot as well, <laughs> but I am still drainy and um, I have to cough every so often. The rest of me feels pretty much normal. So aside from the drainage that just keeps hanging on, I'm more or less okay now. Anyway, see that works better. though. You could do it with letters. You got a case of M I S S I S S I P P I Mississippi. Mississippi. Wait, here comes a good part. <laughs> All right. On our Patreon page, our esteemed patron, Ian Ingleback, Ian. um wrote, wrote a comment regarding our fantasy trip episode. Oh, sweet. And oh, And Ian says, I am a big fan of TFT and played it back in the day, so I wanted to comment on your excellent episode. Yes! I'm not sure of Liz's claim that basic melee is less crunchy. The rules for engagement, facing, and actions during your turn are all there, albeit in a less formatted way, but they are essentially the same. It is, after all, a war game. The rules for a mana staff were introduced in the Legacy Edition 2019 to resolve the tendency towards, quote, muscular wizards, end Ah, quote. Ah, I had wondered, because I I was kicking myself during the show. It's like, how did I miss that back in the day? Well, that's how. Mm, It was invisible. Invisible. So, muscular wizards who needed high strength to cast lots of spells... They co-opted the experience point rules, which were optional in the original version, but note that the XP rules are suggestions, and it does not necessarily include monster kills, deviating from the norm. I'm not on board with the criticism of the dollar sign being used as a silver piece, seeing as the US dollar was itself co-opted from earlier currency, the peso, from which the sign was taken, And the game does state it can be considered worth about the same as a real-world dollar to get a mental handle on costs. Mm. Mega hexes are a pain, both for play and mapping, and it's a pity they were not erased from the Legacy Edition. 
You mentioned Security Station, which does have square rooms and no mega hexes instead of the usual hex-orientated maps, so it can be done. My favorite entry in the monster section is children under the <laughs> nuisance creatures section. <laughs> Quite true. There were so many, well, so Ian, many creatures. Well, your, your Ian, your comments about the dollar sign are clear, concise, and well presented. Oh and wrong. <laughs> I'm on board with it. Bah! <laughs> bah! I say to you all, sorry, just takes me out. It, it did back in the day, it still does. I see dollar sign and it just takes me out. That was a cogent email. I'm kind of amazed anybody listens to one of our episodes enough to write an email like that. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't a I'm listening while I'm out mowing the grass email. (laughs) But if you want to send us audios while you're out mowing the grass, feel free. Yeah. You can be a ghost mowing the grass. (laughs) Why am I here? Why? (laughs) I would say you've definitely earned at least five experience points from that email. So good job. Oh, at least. I mean, it's not like killing a child or something, but you know. (laughs) But he deserves a few. Yeah. Five would be generous in DCC, but you're chintzy with the XPs, man. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah that'd be a ton Since there is in, no xp in system in uh, melee it's pretty great well. <laughs> okay next email and our next email is from james spawn friend of the show james spawn james spawn that guy, guy. <laughs> dear halflings i love Vampire the Masquerade. Oh, I'm going to predict this email does not go well from here. (laughs) Jim, you ignorant slut. (laughs) I I sense a free arc in in here. (laughs) I was neck deep in the genre. Wow. Uh No no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) The system, the premise of the game, the whole shebang. My first tattoo was a Vampire the Masquerade Toreador clan symbol tattoo. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Mike hits the nail on the head when he talks about Vampire the Masquerade drawing in a new audience, namely goths and drama kids. Jim was dead right, pun intended, when he called it the first story game. I freaking met my wife at a vampire game. So, yeah, I'm biased when it comes to this game. Like Jeffrey Webb said on Facebook, vampire, getting theater chicks to games since 1991. (laughs) (laughs) This email was like that first climb in a roller coaster and we still haven't gone over the top. (laughs) The thing about Vampire the Masquerade that made it successful was the fact that being set in the modern world and the fact that everyone knows what a vampire is, combined with the clans being at least someone's familiar interpretation of a vampire, meant that in spite of being setting heavy, it was approachable. Combine that with a system that boils down to, literally, count the dots and roll that many dice, and it's ridiculously approachable to anyone who has even a passing interest in the vampire genre. And who didn't in the 1990s? Mm, he's not wrong that that level of genre approachability and simplicity of system did something that no game had done before it got people who didn't play tabletop rpgs to come to the table and to stay there 
That being said, yes, you were a blood-sucking predator, but the point was fighting the losing battle of holding on to your human nature in the face of the fact that you were no longer human. It was a self-indulgent Gen X existential role-playing set to an overwrought ballad written by Jim Steinman. (laughs) (laughs) Vampire the Masquerade is so far up its own with (laughs) self-importance that what goth or drama kid wannabe didn't love that idea. The idea that they were more sensitive, more emotional, somehow deeper than everyone else in the world. That was every black trench coat clad, poetry writing, angst ridden teenager in the 90s ever. Now, here's a game that not only gratifies and indulges those feelings, but gives you power on top of it. And no one understands how horrible it is to be you. Oh, Mm. the angst. Well, that is very teenager. (laughs) Back of hand on forehead. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That was the pitch. But as the halflings pointed out, in actual play, vampire more often was superheroes with fangs. But the game allowed for that, too. The mechanics stood up to playing in that fashion. Heck, if you wanted to toss all that, oh, the horror of my existence stuff out the window and go full near dark, you could play a sabbat. Vampire was, like the vampire myth itself, malleable. Vampire the Masquerade is a genius game in its presentation, design, and flexibility. But, for the love of God, hardcore vampire players in the 1990s were the most self-important, insufferable nerds to chuck math rocks on a table. And I include myself among that crowd in those days. But, by God, I do love this game. (laughs) (laughs) James M. Spawn. (laughs) Thank you, wow, Dave. Email took so many turns. I was for sure we were in for a remit. <laughs> I think he's ready to replay it now and do it like uh, you know what we do in the shadows type of game, maybe. Mm-hmm. Eh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Possible. And I think you know that is the thing about the vampire genre. It, it, I mean, it was in the there was some of it in the seventies, then the nineties. So yeah, maybe maybe time for a comeback. What I want to know is, has anyone successfully? even tried to do a vampire game campaign based on some of the more comedic vampire movies. You know, the ones that did not take themselves terribly seriously. Like Buffy, sort of a Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but from the vampire point of view. I was uh, thinking Dracula Dead and Loving It, or yeah. Love at First Bite, or... Yeah, uh, that love was at thinking first Love bite. at First yeah, Bite. there's a perfect one. Yeah. Yeah, that was or, kind of what uh, I was thinking when I when I asked that rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> if you did, write in. Tell us about it, because that, that would Did it be work? Cool. Did it work? <laughs> I don't know if vampires are actually the universal thing that he's thinking they are, though. Because on the way home the other day, my wife asked me a really simple question that I should have been able to answer. And it was about zombies. And I thought, oh, yeah, zombies, you just, you know. And she's like, she didn't know. The question was, why is it zombies always run to the house where people are at? How do they know they're in there? And I was like, well, in some movies, they're super sensitive to sound. In some movies, they're super sensitive to the smell of blood. In some movies, they're super sensitive to this, that, the other. She's like, well, aren't zombies supposed to follow rules and stuff? Don't you guys complain about all these things that don't have rules? Like, I guess that's the one thing nobody does. It's just zombies. They show up and make you run to the next thing. Um, (laughs) I think it depends on the zombie fan and what things tick them off. 
because certain types of zombies are okay with some people, while that same type of zombies, you know, other zombie genre fans are like, I hate those, those aren't real. So I've my personal view is I, I've read some places where people try to explain it, but to me it's kinda like the zombies coming back from the dead and attacking the living. Some people are like, We have to know why they did that. And I'm like, why? Because in the end, the story isn't or shouldn't be about the zombies. The story is about people trying to deal with the zombies. As a metaphor for other things. Yeah. I right. mean, it's basically a hurricane or an earthquake or, you know, it's it's a disaster that you have to recover from. Well, but I'm just saying that, like, the vampires are the same way. People go, oh, we know what vampires do, so we know what they are. It's like, well, they're sparkly and they dance in the daylight. Oh, wait, that's other vampires. Yeah. Except for the ones that can't cross running water. Oh, wait. Yeah. Or they can't enter a home unless they're invited. Mike's got the right of it, though. And this is what gamers do. We're gamers. We do this. You're you're power gaming once you start trying to apply scientific law to zombies. Okay, how does that creature actually even live past the first winter when it freezes solid or or hey i know I'll, I'll take a gallon of holy water put it in my humidifier and gas attack the vampires okay now you are power gaming you're not watching a movie or reading a book anymore well i, I think a little bit of that is is gming too though because you're setting rules for the world uh, you know vampires can't attack you this way because that's what they can't do so they won't do that in this game that's the setting for the rule or the standard, you know, they, they attack because of this. It, it's the motivation to move things. Yeah. I think again, it like vampires, you know, it, it's each director or, or author's interpretation. Each one has certain different skills or yeah. Yeah, I read one uh, zombie novel where the whole basis was they didn't actually attack people. They all just hmm. wander around. And this guy gets in a hockey outfit with a gun and just, tries shooting some in the head and it doesn't kill them. And they all just stop what they're doing and look at him. And they guilt him into just kind of skulking off because it's not working the way it's supposed to. (laughs) Well, I want to thank James for that angst-ridden existential email. I always love it when a different regeneration of me writes the podcast. (laughs) That's a really well thought out letter, actually. It's weird. (laughs) Shouldn't we have rules about the the emails we get? No, no, we shouldn't. Okay, next email, Liz. Okie dokie. This is um, our next two emails are from Tony Immel. Tony! Actually, Probably should just be one. I think it is just one. Yeah. It looked like two, but Uh, it is one. It's like two Facebook messages he sent me, but they were like right after the other, so yeah. Okay, so Tony writes, Listening to Tunnels and Trolls on the podcast earlier, and you missed some XP, Mike. When you resurrect the virgins, you also gain XP for capturing them again. Yeah. Just saying. (laughs) He was talking about monsters, monsters, but yeah, true enough. That's the most Ken Sen Andre rule I ever heard. (laughs) (laughs) Kill the virgin, get the XP, resurrect her, capture her, get the XP again. again. Uh, I think that was probably supposed to say when you rescue the virgins, you also gain XP for then capturing them again. So... (laughs) I don't but know. I'm talking about monster, works. monster. Yeah, yeah it, it could go either way. Yeah. Rules is written. That's not what the email says. Yeah, true, true. <laughs> like percent liar. Yeah. Tells and trolls. Yep. Honestly, though, with autocorrect so prevalent nowadays, I I tend to try to assume that somebody just fell afoul of it. Yeah. <laughs> like this is probably what they meant, but they're autocorrect. 
gave them that word instead. <laughs> and the second half? That was that was the one thing. Once I got rid of oh, that okay. extra text that you mentioned, yeah, it was just the single. Just the single one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for the emails and messages, everyone. And if you want to write us again, you can write us at saveforhalfpodcast at gmail.com or use the forum on our main page, saveforhalf.com, or go to our Facebook page, or Patreon, or Carrier Pigeons. We don't care. You know, just something. Corbett, if you were here, we would high-five, because it's taken us how many years now to get Mike just to say all that himself, because he's tired of us screwing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get used to it. I'm going to go back to the old method later. <laughs> it's the teacher in him. He tries to do pop quizzes on the rest of us. And what's our email? And <laughs> email Liz. Oh, what's your quest? Liz. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite, favorite color? color? Jim. <laughs> Blue. No, wait. Ah. <sighs> so that's been about an. That's pretty much been our show, hasn't it? I think so. Time flies when we're answering questions and gibbering about zombies and vampires and all and sorts of stuff. Things and things. Yeah. I told you, man, we can't even get on the phone together and catch up. It doesn't take an hour. We can get an episode out of four emails. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll catch you for our next show in 2023. Holy crow. It's coming up. Yep. (laughs) Because we decided earlier we're not going anywhere. (laughs) We're going to keep doing this until it's all from the same rest home. Or as Jim put it, AARPG. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking command of that name right now. Right, Ralph. <laughs> Copyright Jim Wampler and Mud Puppy Games. Anyway. <laughs> I saw it on Facebook. I have to be honest. All right. Uh, <laughs> say goodnight, guys. Bye. See you, See you next year. We are. Podcast is a production of the Mud Puppy Games Network and the Gagman Podcast. The Save for Half theme music is provided by the band Mississippi Bones. You can find them at mississippibones.bandcamp.com. All player characters mentioned in this podcast are fictional, and any resemblance to PCs living or dead is purely coincidental. No NPCs were armed in the making of this podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Save for Half.